Welcome to Parenting in the Neurodiverse Universe podcast. My name is Sandra Littlejohn. This podcast is a resource for parents and teachers and educators who are interested in learning more about neurodiversity. We define neurodiversity in this way. There is nothing wrong with our neurodiverse brain. We are wired differently on a biological, emotional, and chemical level. Our needs and desires reflect that. We are simply trying to navigate our way in a world that is foreign to us. We seek respect and safety and have a deep desire to be heard and to feel connected. Thank you for joining us. John Brinson has spent the past 23 years working for nonprofit schools that focus only on special education. He has been a teacher as well as an administrator for two local nonprofit schools in the Austin area. He has been the director of the Odyssey School for over 14 years, a school that focuses on students with learning disabilities. He has a bachelor's degree from the University of Texas in Arlington and an MBA in nonprofit management from St. Edwards University. So let's just jump right into it. What do you think a collaborative effort or partnership between parents and looks like these days? I truly think that a collaborative effort looks like mutual respect. It allows the teacher and the parent to build a partnership which, with the one goal of helping the student. In these days and times, students really, really need a lot of extra support and understanding but so do our parents and our teachers. I think if we all take the time to listen to each other and slow down the process, we really can hear each other, build relationships, and start that trust. The trust is what makes a good partnership successful. So uh, that's, that's my take on it. I think that's a great answer, and I would agree with you. What do you see might be the biggest challenges in starting back to school this year? Obviously, it's COVID-19 and the pandemic. It's the distance learning. It's um, the isolation. Socially, it's very difficult for a lot of our students in the classroom. And uh, a lot of our students, when they're online, it may play to some of their strengths, but it also allows for a little bit of difficulty when they're trying to learn and understand information, they feel one step removed from their classmates and their friends. So distance learning, while it is a good tool in some ways, it has been kind of isolating and helping students find other ways and other avenues to address that, to monitor it, and to know that this is not going to last forever. That's a good point. It always seems hard when you're in it, but when you're through it, you learn something from it. Absolutely. So what is one thing that you wish parents knew about this process of back to school and perhaps even something that's relevant right now? Well, in, in the process of back to school, just always remember that, you know, teachers do have the summer off, but they really don't have the summer off. Their minds are in getting ready for school. And there's a lot of planning that goes into it and a lot of care that goes into it. But also for our students, 
making that transition and shifting that set from being in summer to being in school can raise all kinds of anxieties, can raise all kinds of fears and, and nervousness. So it's important that with our students, you know, you, you talk early about those things and help them in that transition to back to school. It's not just a, hey, we've been in summer and then we're starting back to school. It's a longer transition for a lot of our students. They need that kind of reminder and then reassurance. And that extra time and care in the beginning, but also as it goes. The back-to-school week is always fun because you're back and everybody's in it. But then what I've noticed in students is the second week is always a little tougher because reality sets in and, and they, they really just need that parent support to, to thrive. That's true. That's, that's good for us as parents to remember. How can a parent best support a teacher and administration during back to school? Well, I think it's, again, it's that mutual respect thing. It's that communication. Reaching out to the teacher in a way, in a mode that uh, is concise and efficient, especially in the beginning. Because our teachers are very busy, that they can also feel overwhelmed when they have a lot of information to communicate to parents and to students. And they will always answer questions and, and, and want to be successful with you and, and your child. However, you know, when they, could, they are human beings also, they, they, can, they can feel overwhelmed. And so if you can make your information concise, and uh, sometimes it's easier just to, to have that face-to-face contact and, and build that relationship early. I think that helps teachers kind of relax and feel like, oh, we're partners in this process. And there will be adversarial times. There will be problems that pop up. There will be, you know, differences of, of views and opinions on events and different things. I mean, that's just the normal part of raising a child and allowing someone else to educate your child because, you know, you have your child's perspective and, and they are going through different phases in their lives. The teachers are working with them through those different phases in their life. And the parents, you know, you've, you've, we've got all our parenting stuff of we, we're, we're, we're used to one thing. And then when our, our teenagers are, are kind of pushing back in, in some ways, it's important to have a united front with the professionals that you work with for your child. And keeping those lines of communication open are important. And also talking when things are going right. That has always been my secret to success is focusing on the positive. Our students need at least five positives to every negative they hear. And so every time that you can say something positive or instead of saying, you know, what you've done wrong, focus on what you could have done differently. Those are important things that help students through things. And I think the same advice goes for parents and teachers working together. You know, uh, let's stay positive, but, but let's stay focused, too, on, on what the important issues are. I like that. Five positives to one negative and, and that you're building trust along the way in the process. I think those are things we all need to remember every right. time we interact with people. Yes. Well, and last, last question for you. How can a teacher or an administration best support parents? Well, the shoe's on the other foot. It's the same thing, though. It's communication. I think that teachers need to understand that parents, 
have sometimes have anxieties about things, have, uh, about past experiences. And parents do know their children and they know a lot of their behaviors that uh, us teachers don't pick up on. They have the global view because they get all the feedback from school, plus they've got all the history with the child and they know them at night and in the morning. So as an educator, I look at, at parents as a resource for information, a secret kind of resource that will help me in the classroom because I've noticed that you know a lot of the behaviors that happen at home with students some of those things can happen at school. And if you can find the things that work well with parents and students, then you can utilize that in the classroom to have more success. I do think that us reaching out to parents is important and we don't take enough time to slow the conversation down and get the eye-to-eye contact and especially with, with COVID and the isolation. But just listening to the parent instead of kind of in your brain, having your agenda of the information you need to impart to the, the parent about the situation, listen openly and gather information. And then, you know, say, hey, these are the three points I've got that I, that I needed to communicate to you. But always giving them the opportunity to, to communicate to you first is, I think it's a really a good recipe for success. It is. I agree with you. And my thoughts when you were talking were, this is a person we're talking to, not bullet points to get across. I, I had that mental image and I'm like, that is good. It definitely shows a relationship if you can talk to someone and the progress of building a relationship between teachers, administration, and parents. So if you're not talking in bullet points, I think that's a great thing. So. Yeah, having an actual conversation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is, it is a challenge to do these days, but, but anyway, well, thank you for joining me and I appreciate your thoughts and, um, thanks again. I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me and enjoyed the process. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hi, I'm Sandra Littlejohn. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about neurodiversity or parenting neurodiverse children, Check it out on my website, sandralittlejohn.com. Sign up there for email updates for classes, quarterly newsletters, and new podcast episodes. I'm launching a new course called Calming the Chaos, How Mastering the Four Roles of Parenting Leads to Lasting Peace. It's designed for parents who feel overwhelmed because their parenting roles are out of balance. In this class, we focus on the four roles which manage energy, effort, emotions, and outcomes. Again, check it out at sandralittlejohn.com.